Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft. Uh, today I'm here with Max Hayes. Uh, basically, you could say this is the Christmas show. Um, we're not going to record before Christmas Day now, most likely. Uh, but yeah, if you just want to say hello, Max, and then talk us through your big wins and surprises from the Championship's most recent fixtures, if you will. Yeah, afternoon, Louis. Uh, great to Great to be on before Christmas. Um, I'll get straight into it, probably. Uh, for me, my uh, one of my biggest kind of surprises was um, Sheffield Wednesday beating Coventry. Um, yep. I was really surprised. I, I, I was I was predicting Wednesday for a few wins the, the other week, but I thought with maybe a uh, with, with with the way kind of <laughs> it, it's gone about for Wednesday since Pulis has come in, I really did think that that. They'd struggle against uh, Coventry, considering their run, and, and Forrest played them, my team as well. And I can remember seeing before that game, if somebody put, um, if there was a way that 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 Forrest and Wednesday uh, could both lose uh, at the weekend, then that could actually happen because the you know the form of both sides was so awful. So um, so for me, probably Wednesday beating Coventry. Actually, uh, I was I was really tipping Coventry for this one. Um, like I say, because of Wednesday's form and well, the new manager bounce didn't really work with uh, with Pulis and Wednesday. But of course, he got his first win. I think was it Wednesday went nine games winless. It was eight long. games. Yeah, it? It, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I had this one down as a draw actually. So to get the win was a little bit of a surprise. But if it was going to happen, it was probably going to come against a team like Coventry. But going yeah. back a week, um, Jake actually predicted that one nil win, and I were you know hoping and praying it was going to happen. They just Obviously, need to kick on. Is is there any other games you want to pick out from the weekend? Um, yeah, probably another one for me would be Wickham against QPR. I thought QPR would have this one, um, but Wickham mm. to score quite late on. I think they scored in the 87th, 88th minute um, to make it 1-1. Um, so I think because the way I've been quite impressed with QPR so far this season, um, but then I say I say impressed. I mean they're only 19th really, and there's I, I saw saw a few shouts for. For Mark Warburton to go um, at the weekend on social media, but I, I've always I've always thought if you give Mark Warburton time, which um, a lot of teams haven't before, is that he can really turn teams around and turn them into a promotion team. Whether he's football though, on the other hand, because he, he's been criticised for never really having a plan B works. Um, so whether that you know would work in the Premier League, but I suppose if you are only one place uh, above Forest and, and Rotherham as well, looking at the table, so. Um, I did think QPR would have this one, um, considering where Wickham were, especially at the bottom of the league. But then we go back to the point of, well, there's never an easy game at the at the Championship, and um, and obviously Wickham scored late on to, to kind of snatch uh, three points from QPR. And I think it was it was it a teenager scored for Wickham. Not rings a bell, yeah. I think it was Annie. Oh, I'm terrible in pronunciation, <laughs> so I, I, I won't even have a go. But um, yeah, no, so it's quite good to see that. Um, but no, yeah, I was going to say those two probably surprised me the most uh, from the weekend, mate. 
Yeah, I'm going to pick out Preston, actually. I think, you know, it's about time they got a decent win. You know, they've been falling in that table. And, you know, I think a few people have been surprised how poor they've been so far this season, particularly at home. So to get that 1-0 win against Bristol City, who are a team, I believe, who are going to push for the playoffs again this season and, and have been relatively strong, I think, that's a much-needed win for Alex Neal. Uh, and then the other surprise for me, the final one, I'm going to pick out Huddersfield's 2-0 win against Watford. Um, really didn't see that come in again. Watford, I expect to finish in the playoffs. Huddersfield have been better this season you know, than they have in recent years. Uh, they find themselves halfway now. But yeah, to, to get a 2-0 win and, and quite convincing victory there as well, that, that came a... You know, it was a little bit of a shock to me. I thought that might have been a draw or, or even a Watford win. Um, but ultimately, that led to um, Vladimir Ivic getting sacked, which we'll come to uh, in the topics shortly, Max. Uh, but yeah, do you want to pick out your standout players from these uh, last set of games also? Um, yeah, I'd probably give the teenager a shout. I just mentioned for Wickham um, because, well, I know that I think Gareth Ains has done a really good job with his Wickham sign and especially bringing youth talent through. So um, for him to kind of especially... Um, get a goal as well quite late on and, and kind of get them a vital point um, as Wickham sat bottom of the table. Uh, another one for me, probably um, kind of just 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 browsing through, um, would be probably Stoke again. Um, I thought uh, Nick Powell was quite good for Stoke at the weekend watching the highlights. Um, I think uh, it was a header. Um, so, you know, I think, I, think, I think Nick Powell's always been a key player for Stoke, really. I can remember last season and... Uh, and he's always one of those players that's kind of up and around for Stoke and, and, and helping them out always. Um, you know, I always met, I always seem to mention Stoke, really, I, I suppose <laughs> a lot of times on this show because I always think that they are a massive dark horse for the season and they are proving to kind of, um, my point's proven, proven right, they're only they're joint, uh, joint sixth with, uh, with Middlesbrough, actually, um, currently sitting in the championship table. So, um, so yeah, I'd probably say Nick Powell and, and probably that Wickham teenager as well. Yeah, I believe it's pronounced Memeti, actually. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm glad also. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am guessing a little bit. So, uh, But we'll, we'll go with that for this show anyway. But yeah, a couple more that I'd like to pick out. As ever, I think he's been fantastic this last four weeks. He's Buendia at Norwich. Another a goal, uh, another assist. Uh, and obviously that keeps Norwich flying high at the top, um, you know, five points clear now. And I think Buendia has been very instrumental like I say, this last month or so. Uh, so that 2-0 win for Norwich against Cardiff was huge for them. Um, another player I'd like to pick out, again, we know he's capable of this, uh, M. Buemo for Brentford, two goals. So we, his brace, again, we keep saying Brentford are going to continue to climb that table like they do every year, and they find themselves in fourth now, uh, and only you know a handful of players behind, uh, points behind Bournemouth who are in second. So, yeah, they... They continue to keep winning. And I think, again, Buemo and Buemo with the goals there was a, a standout player. Uh, a couple more, just quickly touch on. I think Asambolonga was great in Middlesbrough's yeah, 4-1 win against Birmingham. Yeah, he managed to get one goal, but he was, you know, very lively during that game and back to his very best. Uh, I, know, I know he's inconsistent often in this league, but, you know, yeah, that was definitely one of his better days. Um, and then, actually, a Sheffield Wednesday player, Tom Lee's getting the goal and, obviously, Wednesday not conceding in that game. He was great at the back, very solid. And then, as ever, a defensive player. I'm going to go for Begovic um, in goal for Bournemouth. Um, he pulled off two world-class saves. Um, I thought he was brilliant in that game, managing to uh, 
keep a clean sheet for them. So, yeah, I'm going to go into the topics then, Max. Um, what happened at the weekend was Rotherham versus Derby was postponed. Um, so I'm just wondering as well, do you expect this to happen more so in the new year because of COVID rising? And we've also heard the news that Millwall's games versus Watford and Bournemouth are also going to be cancelled because there's an outbreak in their squad. So, yeah, how, how does this, you know, ring in your ears for the short-term future? Well, if I'm perfectly honest with you, I thought it would kind of happen more um, sooner, really. I, I thought, especially kind of last season when they'd, when we just yeah. resumed... Um, fixes around kind of that June period before the end of the season and when we played those rest of the games, you know, when fans weren't allowed, it was the first time we we had all that kickoff. I really did think it'd probably be worse then. Um, it does seem to be happening quite a bit now. I think the trouble is, is it's, I guess it's that kind of ripple effect of one once one team tests positive and plays another team and, you know, so on and so forth. And I know you just mentioned Millwall there. Obviously, Millwall played Forest at the weekend. So what whatever happens there with kind of COVID and, and, and isolating the players you don't really know do you I think the yeah. trouble is is I suppose we are we are playing football in, in the middle of a pandemic so it is always it is you know it is likely to happen isn't it really yeah um, um I suppose you know no matter what they do and, and, and precautions they can take at the end of the day they're playing 90 minutes of football in each other's faces slide tackling you know being in quite close proximity with each other so um you know it's, it's not a surprise really um as long as I suppose the the teams isolate and and the kind of it EFL can step in and, and the Football League can step in where they can, I guess, and offer support and advice, then um, then I'm sure it'd be fine as long as too many teams don't test positive because the last thing we want is, you know, the game, uh, the, the the championship being put on hold for a few weeks because um, it'd probably make life even kind of more boring at the moment. So uh, I, I think, you know, it, it was likely to happen. It's just kind of the way teams deal with it, really. I guess it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I'm with you in the fact that I thought it'd have happened more so, you know, over November, December so yeah. far, That you know, the winter months, uh, especially in the championship. I think that is actually the first game, isn't it, that has been postponed because of this, I believe. Yes. And I know it's happened uh, a few times in League One and League Two, but in the championship, yeah, I'm surprised that we've got to 20 games now or, or 19 for Rotherham and Derby and they've managed to have a game postponed. But yeah, in terms of Millwall, I really think that, you know, going forward into the new year, Millwall won't be the first team. It's going to continue to rise, like I say. And, you know, throughout January, February, there will be more games postponed. And not only that, there's often games postponed because of the weather when we get to January and February as well, isn't there? So, you know, this is going to get worse. The next question I'll ask you, though, Max, how, how do you think, you know, with a schedule so tight at the minute, or this season especially, because of COVID again, um, when are these games going to get played? I mean, at the minute, you know, a lot of championship teams are already playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. And, you know, there's the odd week where, you know, they, they miss a midweek game. Do you literally think these ties are just going to have to be played at the end of the season now? Or how do you see these games fitting in? Well, I mean, I suppose you can play them in the week, but I don't think anyone really knows uh, the answers to that question. Um, I suppose it's a really difficult one. Is You're right, such a tight, busy schedule. Although I'm surprised the... They haven't tried to fit in kind of more games this Christmas period. Normally, we kind of, of course, have one the week before, and then we have a one a few days before um, kind of Christmas Eve, don't we? It's normally around this time actually, but I think because of the way it's kind of fallen yeah. with kind of the way Christmas has happened and, and and it's fallen on like a Boxing Day's on on a Saturday, it's worked quite well for them to you know play I guess play the football on the Saturday. But but going back to your question, really, is where did they fit him in? I've, oh, I've no no idea really. I, I mean, I suppose they can do it if, for example, um, 
Rotherham and Derby once, like the FA, I suppose, during maybe FA Cup um, kind of fixture breaks. So when, like, obviously, yeah, of course, yep. won't play if they get knocked out the FA Cup, then they could obviously put a few in then. Um, but it's just the way, I think, obviously, the EFL have got to do something in the way they reschedule it and make sure it doesn't, you know, have a knock-on effect for other teams and, I suppose, the whole championship schedule. And that's, you know, for the people at the EFL to decide, I suppose it'll be a really difficult kind of, uh, you know, thing to put in place, I guess. Um, but my guess would probably be actually playing them if like teams are knocked out the cup on those weekends and, and probably just adding a few more to the kind of weekly schedule as well in the nights. Um, I mean, it's just so difficult to for teams and especially with, you know, smaller teams and no disrespect, but the teams like Wickham perhaps with lower squads and uh, Luton, I suppose they're going to struggle if, if, if COVID's affecting them and if they're having to feel more players every week and they're having to feel more mm. players during midweek as well, I suppose that'll be more difficult really. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I believe they're going to have to fit them in the cup competitions also once teams are knocked out. I know, again, that's difficult because there's probably already some game scheduled for you know, that inevitably happening. I just wondered, is this going to be a season where for the first time, maybe ever, where, you know, most teams have played 46 games and, and you know, there's still a handful of games to be played after that date. That would be strange, particularly if there was, you know, a lot riding on it in terms of playoffs or a relegation fight. Um, so, yeah, that really could be a scenario this season. But again, you know, let's uh, hopefully get through the season with as little or, you know, none at all from now, if possible, um, games being postponed. Uh, but I just, yeah, I really can't see that happening. I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be another five or ten, get ten games this season where, where that is going to yeah. be the case. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just a waiting game in, in, in terms of seeing what happens regarding that. Uh, but, yeah, moving on to uh, the next topic, Max. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier. Vladimir Ivic was sacked at Watford and they've brought in Zisco Munez um, who I believe was the manager at Dynamo Tbilisi uh, which is the Georgian league I believe that he won the Premier League over there uh, so comes with a good reputation albeit in a lower league in Europe um, obviously played a, a lot of football in Spain during his playing days but going back to Vladimir Ivic do you think, you know, he's, he's not been in charge that long at all and given the fact where Watford were in the league table was this far too soon for a sacking? How, how do you see it? Um, <laughs> I'm shocked, to be honest. I think Watford, uh, I mean, I thought Forrest were bad at sacking managers. And perhaps, you know, teams like Derby before, and, and, and you could even maybe say Wednesday as well, Libby. But, I mean, Watford, how many managers do they sack? I mean, 
they, oh, no. their, their record is. I saw something someone put on Twitter that um, Watford sacked more managers, you know, than their team have penalties or something like that. And it's probably true, you know, it probably works yeah, out yeah. that way because they must sack probably a manager at least, you know, once a year. Um, whether it was the right decision, it's always a difficult one. Um, you know, I do think it, it was kind of harsh. Yes, that I suppose that, I mean, their form isn't that bad looking at their form, actually. They lost one, then one, two, drawn and lost again. I mean, mm. it is, there's plenty t- more teams, you know, a, a lot worse. So you, you look at the likes of maybe Rotherham at the bottom of the league and, and, and even Wednesday, I suppose, up until that kind of win. Um, so to sack a manager for me when you sat fifth in the league really isn't going to bode well, I think, with the supporters and, and perhaps with um, the players in the squad, if they've got to know the manager. This new guy, though, um, who you pronounce his name fantastically, the uh, way I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I really do think it's quite a uh, it's quite a difficult one to pronounce. But but you know they, they often seem to go for kind of the foreign manager approach, Watford. Um, so perhaps it'll work. Um, although I think it could have a knock-on effect perhaps on the player and uh, players and it, and, it, and it could go the wrong way. I mean, we've seen teams like Birmingham, I can remember when Birmingham sat, was it Gary Rowerton brought in, um, for, uh, was it Zola? And then I think that went yeah. kind of went all wrong, didn't it? Um, so whether, I suppose, you know, there's plenty of teams that have done it before as well. So whether it works, I don't know. It's kind of a one of those to flip a coin. Um, hopefully it does, because I do think that Watford are kind of, one of those teams that will be challenging um, up and around the season. And, and when Forrest played them as well, I thought they, they put in an excellent performance and, and really did look like they were going to be uh, near the top of the league. But obviously they've, they've sacked another manager and, and how that goes, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's strange because I thought Watford was still doing well and you know had potential to finish in that top two even, uh, never mind the playoffs, even with Ivic in charge. I mean, you've got to only look at the numbers. He, You've had 20 matches in charge. He's only lost four games. I mean, given yesterday he has drawn seven, we still won nine, which is nearly 50% of his games. Only conceded 15 goals, which is one of the best uh, defensive records in in the league. Um, And four points behind Bournemouth in second. I mean, you know, we know that Watford have got, you know, they have managers on a merry-go-round, basically. And and one thing that they've done in the past, I remember the season that they actually did get promoted, they went through four managers that season. Um, so whether it's just, you know, something that they do in, you know, they, they like to get rid of a manager so then they get that new manager to bring that excitement and confidence back in a team so it gives them like a, how can I put it, like a head rush to continue on the path and get victories. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this guy comes in and he's sacked in four or five months as well, uh, if I'm brutally honest. But at the same time, yeah, I think you've got to feel for Ivic. And, you know, I saw on social media that the Watford fans, again, agreeing with what we've said is that it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, what does the guy have to do? They're not even sat below halfway. They're, they're, in, they're literally fifth in the playoff spots. Yeah. Um, and I know they've come down from the Premier League, but the expectation... You know, for the chairman, then is surely too high because he obviously underestimates the championship. We we know, don't we, all too well how difficult this league is. In fact, I think oh. it's the most difficult league in the world in terms of uh, competitiveness. Um, mm. You you really yeah, don't you just don't know where you stand, do you, in this league? So, uh, so yeah, I, I feel for Ivic, and I think you know any. Uh, championship team would be, you know, lucky to have him. And I can see him coming back into uh, the championship with another side and, and doing well because I, like I say, I, I don't I don't think he's um, done 
much wrong at all. There's only there's only Brentford, Bournemouth, and Norwich who've lost less games than him this season, and and they're all for me going to be right up there. You know, probably first, second, and third. So, uh, yeah, uh, it was the wrong decision in my eyes. But again, yeah, I... we'll uh, we'll see what what the new guy brings and and where Watford end up this season. But um, you know, it's it's one of those things. I always refer back to when Mick McCarthy left Ipswich, and it was a bit of like, you know, be careful what you wish for, uh, because, you know, it, it could really go south for Watford after this. Um, you know, I, I I still believe they've got the talent to finish right up there, but again, in terms of the manager, disappointed that he's left. Um, but hey ho, that's football, I guess. Um, so yeah, that takes us into thoughts and feelings then, Max. So if you just want to pick a side of your choice. Um, this moment in time and, and discuss how you feel about them um yeah i'll probably actually i was, I was thinking about this before we came on actually um i'll probably uh go for middlesbrough um now i mean i've been really impressed with middlesbrough how they've um kind of turned it around and especially um with you know and, and especially i thought with their manager getting sat last season and you know, Neil Warnock coming in. Uh, I, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd be really surprised if Neil Warnock kind of turned it around that fast, although he's proven that he's still got it at, at his age. And, 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 and yeah, he has. Yeah. Like, and it seems like um, Middlesbrough could probably be fighting for promotion. Um, they're sixth in the league. I think that, um, you know, because I, I always thought that Middlesbrough were a team that always seemed to underperform. And I think since Karanka left then, they've, they've never really kind of, kind of, got that push forward and, and got and got a decent manager and a decent squad to challenge up there. Um, I know mm. you mentioned earlier British Sombolonga and his form kind of be, being quite on and off and I can remember that at, at previous clubs as well for him. Um, you know, I, I, I listened to a Middlesbrough fan actually the other day on kind of a, a YouTube channel and he was saying that he, he'd rather have you know somebody else up there than, than a Sombolonga because he just doesn't seem to shoot, although obviously that changed at the weekend because he had quite a good game. Um, he, you pointed out so for me definitely I think Middlesbrough are definitely um another underdog um and whether they could even challenge you know if they just keep getting wins together and Neil Warnock keeps his way maybe they could even challenge for I'd probably put them in perhaps runners for automatics um especially if if, if Watford uh, don't get the new manager bounce perhaps and, and Swansea and Brentford start to lose a few points around them so there's a long way to get you uh, you know to go um yeah but i think i always say near christmas time um you can kind of see where teams are going to finish um and, and you can kind of predict from there so um i definitely predict Middlesbrough to be in the playoffs and what a job neil warnock's done really he only came in didn't he last season to kind of keep them up was it yep. and, and and keep them in safety and of course he said he'd only be there to do that and and I, I guess he stayed on because he loves football that much and it's great to see a character like him back in the game as well and, and he's doing a fantastic is, job yeah. And he's doing a fantastic job with Middlesbrough as well. Yeah, I agree. I've said that this season, you know, it can just change characters in the dressing room, Warnock. And at the beginning of the season, if it weren't for Warnock, I'd have probably had them about halfway. But yeah, there's, they're always capable of finishing the playoffs. And I think they will finish literally where they are now. I think they'll finish fifth or sixth. And again, because he gets the best out of players, Warnock, doesn't he? And you've only got to look at you know, how many games they've lost this season, only five games in 20, uh, which is a complete role reverse to how they started last season under Woodgate, where they were mm. sat around 20th, 21st for a hell of a long time, near enough all season until they climbed towards the end of the 
you know, uh, season when Woodgate was eventually sacked. But yeah, I think Middlesbrough, like you, a bit of a dark horse and an underdog this season. Um, and for me, well, yeah, probably finishing the playoffs. I'm not sure they've got quite enough to go up, but it's something, you know, stepping stones, uh, something to work on. It just depends how long Neil Warnock stays there. Like he's, o- <laughs> he's already, you know, done so many months over due, mm. hasn't he? Like you've already mentioned. So uh, I'm sure he'll be there till the end of this season. But beyond that, I'm unsure. Um, yeah. But yeah, certainly good luck to Middlesbrough. I think, you know, that the, the capable of beating anybody on their day uh, but yeah I'm going to discuss uh, QPR in this episode I don't think I've discussed them for a hell of a long time uh, and the reason that I wanted to do so is that QPR um, this season for me obviously now this hovering just above the relegation zone I know they're on 20 points which is uh, four points above Derby and they started you know, they started the season quite well. You know, they pushed themselves up to 15th, 16th, and I thought they'd be completely fine. Uh, but the reason I want to discuss QPR is because I think Mark Warburton is kind of or probably looking over his shoulder now and worried a little bit because things haven't go so, gone so well in, in recent games. Uh, I mean, they've they've not won in six games now. They've lost three of those, drawn three. I mean, that's relegation form. So if it yeah. wasn't for the start of the season, then, you know, QPR would be right down there also. And if you only look at, you know, I keep saying this this episode, we're 20 games in, but QPR have only won four games. So to put that into some perspective, you know, that's the same as Forest, who we know have been struggling. That's the same as Rotherham, who were right down there, mm. and Sheffield Wednesday, who are sat 23rd. So, yeah, they've got no more victories than those sides. Luckily for QPR, they've managed to draw eight, which keeps them you know, just a few points above that relegation zone. But there's a little bit of concern at the minute, I think, uh, for Mark Warburton. I think, you know, that the likes likes of Elias Chair and Lyndon Dykes, they've both got five goals between them this season. But if it weren't for them, you know, I think they'd be right down there with your likes of Wednesdays and Wickham. And the problem with QPR is they don't really have that standout player or talented starting 11 anymore they're very much average championship players unfortunately um and i think yeah if you know it gets to january let's say when they've played another three or four games um if they've not managed to pick up points you know the likes of forest rotherham derby i'm not going to say wednesday at this stage but we'll we'll possibly you know overtake them and Mm. and that would that would be really worrying so yeah that's that's my thoughts and feelings on qpr at this stage have you you got a quick you know 20 seconds you just want to discuss on qpr as well max how do you feel about them at the minute i actually mentioned them earlier for kind of the the, game i surprised but actually probably thinking about it now and, and looking back at it i would probably say it's concerning form um in, in my opinion, I do think I was always a fan of, of, of Warburton when he when he was at Brentford and Forest, and um, mm. I, I've had the pleasure of uh, interviewing actually uh, him. Okay. And I actually thought yep. his his style was was really good in terms of um, that he could get teams out of kind of that situation. I thought he was always quite a good motivator. I mean, he picked Forest up when we were in a relegation scrap, and uh, he, he saved us from relegation when um, we had uh, owner t- turmoil before we uh, before we were sold to the Greeks. So, um, for me, I always think that if you give him time, he will do a good job, but he, he, he doesn't have a plan B. That, that's always been his mm. biggest criticism um, from his critiques in football. So, I think that, you know, QPR probably actually struggle, is if maybe, unless something drastically turns around, then 
could see him be kind of getting the sack. Um, I probably think he would be favourite now, maybe um, in the bookies for, for the next championship manager to get the sack. Although when you think about it, really, is it worth QPR giving him time? Or because I mean, QPR again another team that has quite a big turnover of managers, so it's quite worrying form. But I, I, I don't think they'll be dragged into it. I, I think if, if they keep Warburton and, and maybe just stick with him and give him January a few new players. Um, then I can probably see QPR um, being okay. Probably a, a, a solid mid-table finish. Yeah, I think you know Warburton is a good manager, uh, and, and like I've said already, you know the, the players he's got at his, his disposable, disposal aren't you know brilliant, world-class, or you know great championship players either. So you know he's, he's still doing well, and I'm with you. I don't think QPR will go down this season. I think though it's just a case of they really need to start picking points up in this next four weeks because if they don't, then that's when they could get dragged into it. And, you know, that changes the game slightly for the next four months in the, in the league. But, uh, but yeah, so far, I think you, QPR will be fine. It's just a case of looking over the shoulder and, you know, really need to do something about it now, basically. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens when they play at the weekend. And that takes us into previews and predictions, actually. Uh, so I've got four key fixtures here for you, Max. The first one is Saturday, 3 o'clock, Barnsley, Barnsley versus Huddersfield. How do you think this one will go? Oh, um, tough one for me. Barnsley, Huddersfield. Uh I'd probably lean towards Barnsley at the moment. Um, I'd probably say 1-0. Uh, I was quite impressed when they played Forest. Always a bogey team for us anyway. So, um, yeah, I'd probably say Barnsley 1-0 against Huddersfield. I wasn't too impressed with Huddersfield, although I think it could be tight. So, um, either a draw, but I think the most likely result, in my opinion, would be, uh, I reckon, uh, I, I reckon 1-0. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0. I think Barnsley have been impressive this season. They both actually sit in the table on 28 points, so not much between them. But I just think home form, um, you know, and Barnsley have, you know, won four out of the last six, even though Huddersfield have been on decent form as well, actually. But I just think, yeah, Barnsley quite eye-catching this season, so I'm going to go with them 2-0 in that one. Uh, also, Saturday, 3 o'clock, Cardiff versus Brentford. Could this be a sticky one for Brentford, or do you see them getting the victory? Um, no, I, I'd probably say Brentford will cruise to victory. Um, I've always been impressed with Brentford. I think they'll probably definitely go up this season, if not um, automatic, definitely playoffs. Uh, they obviously just kind of missed out last season. Uh, probably predict Brentford to win it. Uh, I think it'll be close, 2-1. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brentford as well, just because they use class and have, you know, really picked up of late, um, won three of the last six. So, yeah, in great form, unbeaten also. I'm going to go 2-0 also in this one uh, to Brentford. Uh, we can't not preview and predict Nottingham Forest when you're on, Max. So, again, Saturday, three o'clock, Forest versus Birmingham. How do you see this one going? Um, hopefully with kind of a a win the other week and, and, and a draw against um, Millwall on uh, Saturday, Saturday. Hopefully, if, if COVID doesn't affect us and our, and our game's called off or whatever, or players have to isolate and the game goes ahead. Um, be interesting to see Karanka, obviously, for Birmingham manager now, former Forest. I reckon Forest will win it, um, but it, it could be tight again. I, I'd probably say quite a high scoring game, actually. 2 uh, 1 or 3 2. Yeah, I've got 2-1 to Forest written down, actually. I don't think there's that much between these two sides at the minute in the league, really, even though there's that five-point gap. But I I expect Forest to slowly climb that table, and I think they'll start here. And in fact, saying that, I think Birmingham will probably uh, fall 
even further down the table in, in the next uh, four or five weeks or so. So, yeah, I think this is probably a pivotal result to start those trends. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Forest, And then the big game on um, Saturday. And by the way, all these games are on Boxing Day. But, yeah, 7.45 kick off the big one at the top. So the new manager that we've discussed, Watford versus Norwich, who are top of the table. How do you see this one going? Oh, um High scoring, I reckon. Watford v Norwich, both both high scoring teams. Um, proper Boxing Day fixture that is on on the TV. Um, I'd probably say I'll go for a draw, and I'll say two two draw. Be very very close though. It could go either way. Yeah, you know what? A lot of your predictions are very similar to mine. I've also written 2-2 two, two in this one. I think, <laughs> you know, if, if it hadn't been for the new manager, actually, I may have just swayed to Norwich. But, you know, the new manager coming in won't want to lose. I think there's goals in this one. You know, Norwich tend to score two goals nearly every game. Uh, Watford at home are very capable. So, yeah, I couldn't, you know, sway either way. So I'm going to go 2-2 two, two in this one also. So, yeah, unfortunately, Max, we've reached the end of the show. So if you want to let our listeners know where they can find you online, uh, just do so now, if you will. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MaxDA. You should also find my um, YouTube channel, Match Day with Max, um, where I talk a lot about Forest, but also cover the FA Cup with Mita, which will uh, hopefully be um, all kind of set, ready to go after Christmas when the third round happens again. Um, but just uh, thanks very much for having me on, Louis, and uh, a Merry Christmas to everyone as well. Yeah, of course, you're welcome. And yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter, but please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, we would like to take this opportunity to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.